You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this edition, we're going to be uh, reacting to uh, Arsenal's draw against Crystal Palace. We reacted to it last night. We reacted to it in our post-match reaction episode. But I always like to have another look at the game after the dust has settled, uh, if you get what I mean. So we're going to be doing that. We're going to be discussing the latest on Kieran Tierney's injury. And we're going to be exploring the question whether or not Arsenal can uh, achieve their targets, achieve their goals by relying on kids. Um, so we're going to be discussing all of those things on today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure uh, you smash the like button. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you're new as well. Um, it is very much appreciated. And I want to say a big welcome, first of all, uh, to those of you who were already waiting in the chat uh, before we got started. So a big hello to Bruno. A uh, big hello to Alejandro, one of our members who says, just started work. Can't wait to tune in. Glad that we're helping you get through work, mate. Um, Big hello to Miss Melina, who urges you all to smash the like button. Um, and a good afternoon to Steve Stone, to Harry Land, to Tommy O'Donoghue and everybody else. Uh, Xander, of course, as well. Everybody else in the live chat. Right, let's get into last night's game. Obviously, disappointing result. We can all agree with that. I think every single one of us uh, going into that game off the back of a, a really positive winning run felt as though this was a real opportunity for Arsenal to register another three points and potentially close the gap on those in, uh, you know, those that we're in pursuit of, those who currently occupy those European places. A lot of people saw this game and the game coming up against Newcastle United on Monday as two games in which Arsenal needed to get maximum points from. Get six points from those two games and the whole season looks uh, completely different and and. You can adjust your goals and ambitions accordingly. Look, it wasn't to be against Crystal Palace last night. And and as I've said before, and you guys will remember this on, on recent episodes, I wanted seven points from that previous three games. I'm talking about Chelsea, uh, Brighton and West Brom. We ended up getting nine. So the way I look at it, and I'm looking at the bigger picture, although we drew last night, we actually are okay because those two points extra that we picked up in that previous run of games, you know, yes, it, it was a bit of an extra and it would have been great if we had that, but it kind of cancels out the two that we dropped. That's how I look at it. I like to group games together. I like to group fixtures together and set points targets from those. And football is a funny old game. You know, you might end up with someone sent off. You might go, uh, you might lose a key player before the game. You might lose a key player during the game. You may have a referee call, uh, refereeing decision go against you. So many things can influence the outcome of a football match that I think it's important to do it like that. To group games together, maybe three games at a time, um, you know, and, and, and try and work it out like that. And, and because of that, because of my kind of thoughts about those previous three fixtures, I'm not too downbeat about last night. You know, Arsenal didn't play very well. I think we can all agree on that. Arsenal struggled to 
breakdown, uh, a really stubborn Crystal Palace side. But we all expected that from Palace, didn't we? I think everybody who, who's been watching the Premier League over the last few years and, and football in general uh, for years will know what Roy Hodgson's sides are all about. Roy Hodgson at Crystal Palace uh, has become a little bit of a specialist in sitting deep, absorbing pressure with those two banks of four and looking to break out using the pace of some of his four players. And of course, the hold up play of Christian Benteke. That's exactly what Crystal Palace did last night. And it worked. It worked at Old Trafford this year as well. Crystal Palace have had some positive results against some of the bigger sides under Roy Hodgson because they've been able to play in that way. As I say, there are plenty of positives to take from from the game last night. Not Actually, maybe that's the wrong phrase. Maybe not just from the game last night, but there are positives to take from where Arsenal are at currently and how that is an improvement on where we were, say, five, six games ago. Let's not forget that this Arsenal side have already lost eight games in the Premier League this season. And I know it's not a fact that you, you want to be reminded of, you know, on a regular basis, but if you've lost eight, Premier League games already so far, it kind of tells you where you're at as a football team, where you're at in terms of the Premier League right now. So to then expect Arsenal to then go on a run where they just win every game is unrealistic. And and people will say it's accepting mediocrity. We always have that debate back and forth on the social media platforms, whatever. It's not accepting mediocrity. It's being realistic about where you are. So to think that Arsenal were then going to go and win all of their next four Premier League games after uh, that horrible, horrible run, I think, was was overambitious. If we'd have achieved it, great. But look, we've won three of them and we've drawn one. We didn't lose, we drew. So I wouldn't be getting too downbeat about that. Look, obviously, take into consideration as well uh, the fact that... Apologies, one sec. <sighs> sorry. Take into the fact that... Take into account, sorry, the fact that we lost Kieran Tierney on the day of the game. That obviously unsettles things. That obviously unsettles uh, your team in the build-up to the game. It, it, it disrupts plans. And factually, and this is factually correct, I've looked this up, Kieran Tierney created more opportunities for Arsenal in that game against Newcastle United in the FA Cup than the whole Arsenal team did last night. So that puts into context that actually when everybody has been sitting there and crying for a number 10, which I agree we need, but they've they've insisted and been adamant that um, you know we've needed a number ten. Actually, Kieran Tierney has been our most creative outlet, and the facts and the stats back that up. Now, does that just highlight the need for a number ten? Does it highlight that actually we're so lacking in creativity in those central areas that we're having to rely on our fullbacks a little bit too much? And when they don't have good games or they're unavailable, in the case of Kieran Tierney last night, we're going to struggle. It's a, you know, it's a, again, it's something to think about. It's something to consider. But as uh, as uh, Ewan points out in the chat, Palace just defended very well. Simple, fair play to Roy. And they've done that time and time again under Roy Hodgson over the years. So I wouldn't be too downbeat about it. I, I really wouldn't. You know, uh, John P says the unbeaten run continues. Exactly. It does. Uh, the unbeaten run continues for Arsenal. And, um, you know, we've got to remember that, you know, look at look at some of the positives that come off the back of that game. Another uh, clean sheet for Burn Leno. When was the last time Burn Leno and Arsenal actually kept four clean sheets in a row? You know, really, really good, uh, 
good from Bern Leno again, again, making some key saves. And I gave Bern Leno a bit of stick at the beginning of the season because I felt he made a few errors. I felt um, that, you know, he was letting us down from time to time. In hindsight, which is always a wonderful thing, you could probably say that maybe the, the disappointment from some of the fans in the decision to allow Emmy Martinez to leave probably uh, fueled that fire, fueled and stoked that fire um, in terms of the, the the points made against Bern Leno in terms of digging Bern Leno out. I thought that Granite Xhaka had another good game. And there's people in the chat that would disagree with this. And I've seen a mixed bag on, on social media with regards to his individual performance, but I thought he was good again. I thought he did give the ball away on a couple of occasions, but he gave the ball away because he was trying to make things happen. He gave the ball away because he was trying to be progressive. The very thing that Arsenal fans have knocked him for over the last 12, 18 months. Repeatedly, they say he's not progressive enough. Arsenal's midfield is not creative enough. Well, if you're going to try and be that creative force, if you're going to try and play balls in between the lines, if you're going to try and play people in, thread intricate, uh, accurate passes, then sometimes they're going to go wrong. More often than not, they're probably going to go wrong. And, and you have to accept that on the kind of stats card, that's going to mark Granit Xhaka down. So you either want him to be this midfield player who's proactively trying to make things happen, proactively trying to create chances, open teams up, and you accept that he's going to give the ball away more than he normally does, or you don't complain when he just plays sideways passes uh, in order to boost that stat of, of passing accuracy. So there's got to be a, a middle ground here. Um, and I don't think that right now uh, we're seeing that reflected uh, by the majority of the Arsenal fan base when it comes to, to Granit Xhaka. Another player whose performance uh, received lots of criticism again, and for the life of me, I can't understand why. Hector Bellerin. Hector Bellerin defensively, I thought, was pretty solid yesterday. Could he have maybe done more in an attacking sense? Could he have maybe, uh, you know, made more runs on the outside of uh, of Bukayo Saka and then Nicolas Pepe when he come on to try and create that overload, to try and get Arsenal into the right positions? Maybe. But you've got to remember that Hector Bellerin was, would have had to be wary of the threat posed by Ebereche Eze, who was playing on the left-hand side for Crystal Palace. Wilfred Zaha, in his kind of free role, uh, was often popping up on that side as well. Uh, you know, we normally criticise Hector Bellerin for kind of ignoring his defensive responsibilities. I thought he handled his defensive responsibilities brilliantly yesterday. And the fact that Arsenal, as a football team, are relying on the fullbacks to be their creative outlet. And that, after the game, is something that that is put as a criticism of those fullbacks. You know, it, for me, that speaks volume about where the volume, sorry, about where the team is at as a whole. The team is not, you know, functioning correctly in that attacking third. You know, it it has functioned well in the in the last three games. You know, it functioned well against Chelsea, Brighton in the second half. The first half was dire and against West Bromwich Albion. But ultimately, this leads us to the big question, doesn't it? Of Can Mikel Arteta afford to rely on kids? Can he afford to rely on Emil Smith-Rowe? Can he afford to rely on Bukayo Saka to deliver every single week? close to perfect performances, the type of performances that make the difference in games. Can they? Re can he rely on them to be game changers, match winners? 
I've always expressed this concern. It's not a new thing for me. You know, those of you who've listened or watched this uh, podcast for a while will know that I'm always, um, I'm always one that's a little bit worried about the the reliance and the over reliance, I should say, on young players. They're gonna, they're, they're still developing. They're still learning. Have they got the experience to be able to to turn around disappointing form? You know, have they got? Have they built up that confidence over the years in their own ability that they can battle through difficult times? Not sure. Not sure at all. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm not even saying that Emil Smith Rowe or Bukayo Saka were to blame uh, for last night's game. I, I don't think that at all. I just think that Crystal Palace were very defensively sound. Arsenal haven't gone from, uh, you know, relegation candidates to, to Champions League contenders in the space of three or four weeks. You've got to do more to earn that, you know, to be spoken about in that bracket, to be regarded as someone pushing for a Champions League, Europa League spot. Having started the season the way we did, having found ourselves languishing in 15th place in the Premier League table at one point, you have to do more to earn uh, the the right to compete at the top of the division. And as I said, 10 points from 12, it's not a disaster by any stretch of the imagination. Not at all. What could be a bit of a disaster is if uh, the MRI results uh, for Kieran Tierney show something negative. Now, Kieran Tierney, of course, as I said, as I mentioned earlier, was left out of the team uh, going into... Uh, going into the game, an injury that he apparently picked up or, or apparently felt uh, on the day of the game, which obviously threw away Arsenal's plans, messed up Mikel Arteta's uh, team selection, etc. Um, you know, it, it's funny because prior to the game, Mikel said it was just a precautionary thing. There was a muscle tightness. Um, and then it turned into he needs an MRI scan. Now, some of you will say that that's just precautionary to understand a, a better picture of, of what is going on. You know, when we think of MRI scans as sort of your average people, for us to get an MRI scan, you could wait months. And it has to be something serious because that's just the way it is. You know, it's a very expensive uh, piece of machinery. It's very expensive to run, operate, etc. But for these footballers, for clubs at the very elite level like Arsenal, an MRI scan is, is something that they probably do on a daily basis. Um, you know, they do it very regularly and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the end of the world. But we haven't had an official update on that just yet. The latest from Mikel Arteta is that MRI scan is due to take place today. And I'm sure uh, in due course, we will get some kind of indication as to the severity of Kieran Tierney's injury. We can try and understand exactly uh, what has happened there, what has occurred, and uh, try and put a bit of a timeline on when he may uh, may return to the side. Another positive, as John points out, seeing Partey was great. Yeah, seeing Thomas Partey come back into the side, albeit for a 20-25 minute cameo, was, was, was encouraging. One challenges in the middle of the pitch. Looked a little bit off the pace for me. I got to be honest when he was running with the ball, um, but you know it could have just been me. And I'm sure that uh, obviously having not played a game for so long is going to take a little bit of time for him to get back to his peak condition. But of course, John, that's a massive positive. Um, you know, people were getting on to Pierre Emerick Aubameyang's back again. 
Um, I actually thought at the start of the second half, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang played that left wing role pretty well with a good um, with a good intensity, with some energy. He was, he was running past people. He was getting into the areas to put the ball into the penalty box. We know that, um, you know, that's not necessarily where you want Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to be. But we also understand that right now it feels a little bit like he's been shoehorned into the team uh, so that he can play, so that Arsenal can uh, continue with the structure that Mikel Arteta seems to prefer, but also uh, keeping his, who he will regard as his best player, his captain, uh, his main man in the side. So that is important as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about Ainsley Maitland-Niles because that wasn't a positive. I, I've tried to put a little bit of a positive spin uh, on on last night's result, last night's draw. It's it, really difficult to do that concerning Ainsley Maitland-Niles because he was nothing short of shocking. Um, and the fact that Mikel took him off and, and preferred to switch Bukayo Saka there um, obviously, in a in an attempt to try and go on and win the game, kind of tells you a lot about how he rated Ainsley Maitland-Niles' performance. Maitland-Niles is a funny one because we've we've said it time and time again why he wasn't sold in the summer, uh, given Arsenal's financial state and given the fact that he's clearly not part of Mikel Arteta's plans currently is is baffling. He got his opportunity last night. Again, similar to Reese Nelson the other day where he wouldn't have had time to think about it. He wouldn't have had time to uh, get mentally prepared for the game. Maybe it was sprung on him a little bit late in the day. You still expect him to take that opportunity. And AZ Maitland-Niles has played at left back. He's played at right back. He's played at left wing back, right wing back. On enough occasions now for him to at least deliver a, a certain standard of performance. And last night he didn't deliver that. It was really poor. And people who were slagging off Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang yesterday have to remember that he didn't necessarily have the runs of Kieran Tierney to take attention away from him, to create that space for him to just drift in field slightly into that inside left channel. Because Ainsley Maitland-Niles wasn't making those runs most of the time. He was tucking in um, a little bit too much for my liking. But of course, naturally... That's going to happen when you're asking a right-footed player to play on the left-hand side. It, it takes away that option for him to go on the outside of someone. It takes away that option uh, for him to be played on his stronger foot and first time put a ball into the penalty area. So you can understand um, why Maitland-Niles has struggled. It just be, For me, I'm putting it down to an off night more than anything else because, as I said already, we have seen... Um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles deliver good performances at left back, at left wing back, at right back and at right wing back. So you can't dismiss his ability to play that position completely. But last night, it just didn't work. It was a really, really off night for Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I think we can all agree on that. And then that leads you on to another question. You know, did Arsenal make a mistake in allowing Sarah Kalasinac to leave the club on loan. Now, I know a lot of Arsenal fans are not big on him, not keen on him, don't necessarily think that he's good enough um, for this side. And to a degree, I kind of agreed with it. Had he been going out on a permanent deal, I think it would have made sense to let, let Sarah Kalasinac go. Um, if we could have got something in, if we could have killed him off the wage bill completely, then it would have made sense to me. But to loan him out, just feels a little bit like we're kind of putting the players' interests ahead of ours as a football club. 
And I'm all for doing that as a manager, if you can, without it negatively impacting on your team. But we've left ourselves extremely short in that left-back position. I think you'll all agree with me. Nobody wants to see Bukayo Saka drop back into that position. He's shown he can play there. He's shown he's competent there. But he's also shown what a, a magnificent player he can be, what a game-changer he can be when playing on that uh, on that right-wing position or playing in a more advanced role. So to to have to shove him in at left-back feels like it would be counterproductive, not only for our attacking um you know, our attacking ability and and not only will it take away from some of our creativity in the final third, but it will also probably hinder the kid's development. It probably knock him back a little bit, probably feels like he's put the hard graft in playing out of position, proving that he's ready for senior football, you know, making a real, uh, a real opinion, um, uh, sorry, making a real impression of himself uh, on, on the manager so then to be sort of cast back to left back, even if it is just temporarily, I think would be a bit of a knock for him. And I think that's something that Mikel Arteta should be looking to avoid. Could Pablo Marie play at left back? Could Gabriel play at left back? Both left footed centre backs. Who knows? Uh, but if Tierney is going to be out for a period of time, which I must stress, we don't know just yet. Um, then Mikel Arteta needs to think of some alternative options because unless Ainsley Maitland-Niles' performances dramatically improve from what we saw last night, then it's a real concern and a real area of worry. Um, moving on a little bit further, as we said, winning run comes to an end, but ultimately um, it's another game unbeaten. It's progress when you look at the overall picture of the last four games after that period that we had gone through where we were just it just felt like we had been losing games for about two years on the bounce that's how it felt off the back of that if you told me that we were going to take 10 points from 12 I'd have been absolutely delighted and I'd have taken I'd have bitten your arm off for that so it's important to put that into context and sometimes it's not possible to do that it's not possible to see that it's not possible to look at it with a completely calm head just after the game and that's why we wanted to do another pod this, uh, this morning this afternoon uh, to look at it with a little bit more of a calmer outlook and to I guess um, you know to to look at it after the dust has settled if you like right let's go over to the live chat box and see what you guys uh, are saying uh Miss Melina says, do make sure to hit the like, subscribe button and share the content around. Yes, please do so. And if you're interested in becoming a member of the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel, just click the link in the description. It will take you to our membership page. It will give you details of the three price tiers available. And uh, if uh, you wish to sign up, you'll be supporting the show, um, which is obviously the main thing in terms of uh, from my perspective, you'll be giving me a little bit more freedom to create more content, content of a higher quality, uh, improve on equipment, improve on setup and, and really enhance the thing. And also you'll receive a number of perks that are detailed on that page. Uh, so do check it out. And if you haven't joined us already and you're thinking about it, um, I, uh, I promise that we will uh, be bringing you some really good stuff um, for the existing members. Which there are a few, a fair few of you already. Then make sure that you uh, check out yesterday's members Q&A video. It's available to members of a gold membership and above only. Uh, but check that out. It is available now if you hit the YouTube community tab 
on our channel you will find it there uh, so it'll only be visible to those of you who have a qualifying membership but check that out uh, and uh, start thinking about your questions for next week's one right uh, let's go back a big hello to all of you that are in the chat by the way um there are there are lots of you um and I really, really appreciate your support. Uh, former Arsenal man Kevin Campbell's joining us in the chat again, uh, as he does so regularly. Kevin, thank you, mate, for your continued support. He says, hi, Harry. I hope all is well. Experienced players are not stepping up and Arteta needs to make some moves. I, I agree with that, Kevin. The experienced players in certain areas are not delivering at the moment. And when I say that I worry about the, the over-reliance on, on young players, you know, if it is, if it does have to be that way, if Mikel Arteta does have to rely on him, if he feels that that's the way to take the club forward, then the point I'm trying to make is that we then have to accept that there will be nights like last night where it just doesn't quite work for us. Um, you could argue that those nights will occur with the senior players as well, and they have been for, for a few years now, and that's why we're in the position we're in. Um, but my point is, maybe we should temper our reaction to the highs and also temper our reaction to the lows because there will be ups and downs um, and and as you've seen in the Premier League this season in this really peculiar strange uh, season that can be said for a lot of clubs who are in kind of the same boat uh, let's see uh, what you guys are saying uh, one of our members Harry Land I don't know if I should share this suggestion Harry it might ruffle a few feathers but Harry says Danny Rose on a free could be some good business. Say it quietly. Arsenal, of course, uh, showing last night that they need a backup left back. And, and perhaps that will be seen as a little bit um, of a, uh, uh, you know, of a priority, uh, especially after the display that Maitland-Niles put in yesterday. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. But a left back is certainly something that we need, I think. Um, but it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because... I was watching a video of, from Charles Watts earlier on and he made a really good point where he said, whoever you bring in as a left-back now will have to accept that they're going to be second fiddle to, to Kieran Tierney. And that's a difficult balance to strike, isn't it? To be able to find players that are good enough to call upon whenever you need them, but are also willing to, you know, to, to play that role uh, of a second fiddle who would be happy to be at the big club, uh, but also accept that maybe they'll get less game time. It's difficult to find those players. Uh, John P asks, did Harry get his chat taken over by trolls yesterday? Yeah, we got during the live watch along. We had, um, I don't know, it was a little bit of an invasion of fake accounts putting in absolutely bang out of order comments, not directed to me, not directed to anyone uh, in particular in the chat box either. It was just kind of this sort of political rubbish, um, racist stuff. Some There were some racist remarks in there for sure, uh, but it was like some political kind of, outburst from a uh, it's obviously some kind of software they've got it's obviously some, some kind of bots um and they they do it where it looks as though they're commenting from 50 60 different accounts and it's so difficult to deal with it because usually if i see something in the chat that i think is is inappropriate disrespectful to someone i just delete it and i'll normally if it's bang out of order i'll block the person but i couldn't block them in time because there was literally 40 or 50 different accounts just coming through with all this different stuff. Um, as I said yesterday, and I put it in the Discord server for our members, I do apologize uh, to anyone who may have taken offense to any of those comments. But as I say, um, nothing to do with me at this end. And I tried my best to um, 
to uh, to stop it, couldn't. Uh, ended up stopping the stream and starting a new one just because, um, just because I, I didn't want those comments uh, online associated with this channel. You know, no matter what, whether it was my fault or not, or anybody else's fault or not, um, or however it came about, I just didn't want that kind of messaging. Uh, to be linked to this this podcast in any way, shape, or form. I've worked very hard to get it to this point, and I don't want it to see it ruined uh, because it would be associated with some absolute idiots who um, who decided that they wanted to to have a bit of a laugh and uh, and uh, try and ruin the stream. And I'm also told that this has happened on a number of other channels as well. Uh, the same kind of messages, the same accounts popping up. So it is something that's going around at the moment. It's something that YouTube need to deal with, to be honest. Uh, going back to Hector Bellerin, Tommy O'Donoghue says, Harry, I've seen a player rating where Bellerin got a two. Looks an easy target for me. He wasn't great going forwards, but he defended well and we kept a clean sheet. Our attackers were poor. I think I agree uh, with most of that, mate. Um, going back to uh, Dominic, he says, I'm beaten in 2020. In 2020? You mean 2021? <laughs> he says, lovely. Um, Ewan Young says, I think Xhaka was defensively good last night, but can't help but feel that Xhaka and Luis slow the pace down. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not outrageous to say that. You could argue that they do take an extra touch, perhaps sometimes where it's not needed. Um, I mean, there was one moment defensively in particular uh, that Granit Xhaka was brilliant and, and really saved us. And that was a moment where uh, Crystal Palace broke away. Uh, if you remember, it was Wilfred Zaha coming down the right-hand side. Um, Christian Benteke had made a move towards the far post and Zaha put a delicious ball in into the middle of the penalty area. And where Zaha and Benteke with their respective runs had, had pulled the two centre-halves, they'd pulled Lewis and Holding completely apart. There was this gaping hole in the middle and Granit Xhaka did really well to sense that danger, understand that that was a problem. And he, he really worked hard to get back and eventually he was the one that cut out the cross. He made a number of, of, of important tackles, I thought, um, to prevent Crystal Palace breakaways, a couple of, uh, you know, fouls, but, you know, it's part and parcel of the game. I've got no issue with him doing that if it's uh, if it's needed. Tactical fouls is something that Pep Guardiola and Manchester City are, are said to be quite big on in training. Mikel Arteta coming from that background as well uh, is someone who will know all about that. Uh, Melvin Mark says, same usual suspects though, Harry, let us down. Um, it's a hard one, Melvin, because, you know, I'm not convinced that all of those usual suspects, if you like, were as bad as some people are making out today. And I feel like a lot of them get a hard time. I'm not saying that they're great. I'm not saying that they're world beaters. And I'm talking about people like Granite Xhaka here. I'm talking about Hector Bayerin. I'm talking about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Um, at least in the in the case of the first two I mentioned, I, I wouldn't say that they're world-class footballers. I wouldn't say that they're the best of the best. I wouldn't say that they're irreplaceable or, or they're, you know, really standout players. But most of the time, they're at least okay. Last night, I thought they were okay. Um, not worse than that. Not better than that either, but th th they were okay. And I feel like, and I'm not saying from you, Melvin, but I feel like they get uh, a really hard time because of things that have gone on in the past when actually you should probably be able to just watch a game of football for 90 minutes and make your judgments based on that. Essentially, what we're doing when we're looking back at a game is we're reviewing that game. We're not reviewing a player's career. That would be a completely different conversation. 
Uh, French Beats official says Crystal Palace played in a mid to low block and we should expect the same on Monday night against Newcastle. I agree. And that's what makes the Newcastle game a little bit more of a concern than it probably was, um, you know, prior to last night. Obviously, we saw Newcastle come to us in the FA Cup and play with that uh, mid to low block and really make life difficult for us. And, and they took us to extra time off the back of that. So, yeah, um, it, 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 we should expect the same from Newcastle. We'll look ahead to that Newcastle game on Sunday. Uh, so bear with us uh, with that one. Uh, make sure you've got your notifications turned on and uh, we'll take you through uh, some thoughts uh, in the lead up to that one as well. Don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel if you are new. And if you're interested in our membership scheme, click on the link in the description below. Uh, let's see uh, what else you guys are saying. Um, you and Young makes a good point. We do this constantly. Say we need to spend to improve, hit a patch of form and then change our mind only to dip again. Yeah, it does feel like a bit of a vicious cycle at the moment, doesn't it? Um, Harry Land says, Oba's criticism is harsh. Played more of a left wing role last night as Ainsley Maitland-Niles always goes inside. His ball carrying and possession play was much better. Just one of those nights. No dramatic conclusions needed. Yeah, really good level-headed uh, comment and statement there. I uh, really like that. Uh, let's keep moving forward. Uh, George Wall says spot on Harry. I'm not sure what you were referring to because the chat's moved on uh, a fair amount, but thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> um, Xander going back to Enzy mate and now says he's a jack of all trades, master of none. They need to decide his position and develop him for that role. I think, uh, that's a really good point. I think Ainsley mate and is a bit of a victim of his versatility because he's almost being asked to do whatever role needs filling um, and it's very difficult to develop your game to the very elite level if your position I think isn't clearly defined uh, the real captain goes on to say the modern footballer has to play two to three positions Harry um, they probably have to be able to slot into those positions if, if needs be but I do think it's important to have a specialist position um, I really do Alejandro says um, should Oba get dropped mm. In the case of yesterday, where where Gabriel Martinelli was was not quite fit, no, uh, you know I don't have any issues with him playing. I I don't think he should be dropped anyway. I still think that he's uh, Arsenal's captain, Arsenal's leader. Um, he's been Arsenal's best player over the last couple of seasons by about a million miles. And so for me, I wouldn't drop him. Um, I think as I keep saying it, and, and I know with each passing week, it feels like I'm clutching on to things here, but I do think he will come good again. So no, uh, not for me, uh, not for me. Whether you, what you could consider though, is adapting his position. Cause I don't feel that this, I don't feel that playing on the left necessarily works for him. I don't feel that playing through the middle works for him right now either. I think there's, there's got to be some kind of adjustment made. I don't know if it's just a subtle one. I don't know if the fact that Kieran Tierney wasn't available made him look, um, forced him, as Harry said, to have to go and play more like a conventional winger, which we know he's not. Um, and that could have had an impact on, on last night's display as well. Louis Robson says, I don't agree with fans happy with a point against Crystal Palace. What's wrong with us as fans? We should have won. Look, well, yeah, on paper... Well, not even on paper. Look at the Premier League table this season. I think 
I don't think people are happy with the point against Crystal Palace. They're just accepting of it. They're accepting of it, the fact that this is a side who, as I keep saying, have lost eight Premier League games this season, are by no means anywhere near being where we need to be. We all accept that. We all acknowledge that. We have to accept as well that on this road to trying to get back to where we need to be, and that is, of course, in the upper echelons of the Premier League table, we are going to face a bumpy road. There are going to be bumps. There are going to be disruptions. There are going to be setbacks. I wouldn't go as far as calling this a setback. I'd call it a bump in the road. Again, as I say, you've got to put it in context. You've got to look at the overall improvement of Arsenal over the last uh, four or five weeks and, and take stock. But you've also got to realise that we were so bad prior to that. There was no way we were just going to become all of a sudden... Um, uh, world beaters and go on a five, six, seven, eight, nine uh, game winning streak. Um, let's go. Let's go back uh, to the comments. Uh, Mike Stacy says, "Harry, do you have to shave sixteen times a day? It's grown back so much, hasn't it? Considering, I think at a, was it at the start of the week, I completely took it off. It's it's coming back. It's coming back. I did tell you. Um, I did tell you." <laughs> my beard always seems to be a really hot topic of discussion um in the chat love it love it um ryan tooley says in answer to the question i put in the title can you rely on kids yes you can rely on the kids but you cannot depend on them slight difference there harry but an important difference uh thank you for your comment ryan um, Ashton Oliver asks why we can't use a Bamiang the way Leicester use Vardy. It's a very different system, very different philosophy, very different approach. Um, and, and it's as simple as that, you know, uh, is a Bamiang as happy to run the channels like Jamie Vardy? You know, Jamie Vardy gets a lot of joy in that Leicester system, but he also does a lot of dog work. You know, he runs a lot of channels. He pulls people out of positions. He makes a lot of runs that don't necessarily end up with him uh, getting getting the ball, but creating space for others. So Jamie Vardy is a much harder worker, I would argue. Um, and and taking that into consideration, plus the fact that the system is very different. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's a difficult comparison to make. Uh, Bruno asks, will you be giving out more Tarry? Yeah, I will be, but I, I need to sit down and do it, mate. I haven't had the chance uh, to do that just yet. Um, <laughs> Mike continues on the theme of, of my uh, beard. He says, my two Greek pals have a shave in the morning and a full beard by lunchtime. <laughs> love that. Um, love that. Uh, Kai Hin asks, Harry, now that all the centre-backs and centre-midfielders are available, what is your pairing in the centre-back and centre-midfield position? Mine would be Marie Holding and Partey and Sabios. My midfield pairing will be different to yours. I'd go with Xhaka and Partey. Um, and then the central defensive pairing. I want to say Gabriel and Mary, if I'm honest, but I know that I know that Mikel may not be open to doing that because of the fact that they both play with the same foot. But Pablo Mari and uh, and Gabriel, for me, have been the two most impressive centre halves individually, and so it's logical that you would pair those two up. But sometimes with uh, with partnerships it's not necessarily about picking the two best players. I know that sounds a bit silly, but uh, often with partnerships, it's about finding the pair that complement each other best. Um, and I think that that is important and that obviously uh, plays a part as well. RW asks if I'm Greek Cypriot. Yes, I am. 
um xander says subscribe like share make sure you've done that um get uh put in in the chat box where are you joining us from uh, let's give you guys a shout out before we wrap up um while you do that I'll quickly remind you to like the video share the video uh, comment in the comment section below if you're listening via the audio make sure uh, you leave us a review as well and if you're interested as i said in our membership scheme then hit the button in the description it will take you straight there and uh we'd love to have you sign up and welcome you uh, to the chronicles of a guna discord server and off the back of that you'll also receive a number of perks like members only content depending on which membership scheme it uh, which membership tier sorry it is you select final statement kind of thing before um before we go, whilst I whilst I allow you guys to chuck in the chat where it is that you're joining me from uh, live on this Friday afternoon, it wasn't the ideal result. We all wanted three points. We didn't get it, um, and and we have to accept that the team still has a lot of uh, shortcomings. Um, you know, still has a lot of areas in which it needs to improve. A little bit of a reality check, I guess, after going on that run of three successive Premier League wins, four wins if you include the FA Cup uh, victory over Newcastle. It's a little bit of a a kick back down to earth, but that's fine. You know, that was always going to happen. You know, we haven't gone from a side who were being spoken about quite seriously, actually, by some as relegation candidates to a side that goes and wins five, six, seven, eight, nine Premier League games off on the bounce. So look, let's let's take stock of where we are, as I said, at the very top of the programme, and I'll continue to say it over the next few days. Um, you know, 10 points from 12 is, is not to be sniffed at. Um, big game against Newcastle on Monday night, an opportunity to put what happened last night right, uh, an opportunity to pick up another three points and continue in our steady uh, ascension up the uh, Premier League table. Don't overreact. Let's not dig out individuals who who don't necessarily deserve it after last night's game. Let's keep a level head. Let's get behind the team. It's been a difficult season so far. I don't expect it to become a a walk in the park all of a sudden. There are going to be other difficult periods during this campaign. There are going to be some highs. There are going to be some lows. Let's keep supporting, keep believing. And um, I'm sure that although... We may not qualify for the Champions League, although we might even miss out on the top six, given the way things are at the moment. I'm sure Arsenal will be a lot closer to that come the end of the season. And um, yeah, fingers crossed that is the case. Uh, Alejandro, just before I go, says, would you consider having a bearded monkey tail when hitting 11 and a half subscribers? Yeah, why not? Why not? If you haven't subscribed, uh, hit the button. Let's uh, get closer to that 11 and a half mark. And there, you never know, Alejandro might get his uh, his wish. Harry Sibiu with a bearded monkey tail there you go <laughs> big hello to Talal joining us uh, from Saudi Arabia Bruno's watching us from his house uh, since he can't go out with COVID yeah we kind of gathered that mate but where where are you joining us from Alistair joins us from South Africa Louis is in Sunderland uh, Alfred is in Brisbane Australia um, and uh, yeah thank you all so much uh, for joining us once again on another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. If you've just tuned in right at the end, you can rewind it back. Enjoy it from the beginning. Let me know your thoughts in the comments and uh, we'll be bringing you some more Arsenal content very, very soon. Until then, ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast.
Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.